money get paper. Why you know we party hard later? Mr. Flex and Papa got the old city lock with the kids in each and every area. Stepping NLC with no chaser. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, depending on where in the world you are joining me from. I am Illuminati, and this is the Crypto and Cognac podcast show. As always, powered by Alti.com, the one-click crypto wallet for Telegram, WhatsApp, and soon Discord. And as always, fueled by Hennessy TT. Tonight, this evening, I'm having some Hennessy VSOP, my favorite, as you guys who are regulars would know. This evening, we have a super important conversation. We are going to be talking about education in the crypto and blockchain space. And to do so, I'm going to be having a conversation with Mr. Hallam Hope himself. Let me read a little bit about Hallam. So Hallam is a Barbadian blockchain and cryptocurrency um, consultant and educator, trader and investor. Hallam has been studying the space for more than four years, which is about 100 years in crypto terms. He has multiple viewpoints and has been engaged in global workshops in Africa and the Caribbean with a focus on youth and adult education. More than 500 students and adults have received education on, emerge, on the emerging financial ecosystem courtesy his efforts. Hallam is an internationally trained journalist who has taught te technology policy and regulation at the University of West Indies, St. Augustine. So he is no stranger to the mic, to interviews, to education, to educating. So I would like to welcome to the stage, Mr. Hallam Hope. Hallam, how are you? I'm very fine, Al, and I promise not to call you Al Capone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't call me no Al. <laughs> People already like to associate crypto with mm. illicit activities. Yeah, so wrong, so wrong, so wrong. So, wrong. Yeah. so Hallam, the first thing, first of all, thank you for being with us here this evening. Mm. I don't know if you're going to be sharing a drink with me, but, you know, I always have to, I find, you know, I have some minted cognac, if that could work. Nah, that is great. That is great. I call cognac truth serum. And, you know, I think it's important for us to just speak the things when we're having these conversations. You know, it's very low in sugar, right? Yes, Extremely it is. Sugar, so it's... And, it, and it, it's a lot of people don't know that it's closer to, you know, wine than it is to, say, rum and um whiskeys and that kind of thing. But Hallam, one of the first questions I generally like to ask my guests is to tell us how you got involved in the crypto, blockchain, Bitcoin space. And let's move from there. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people got bitten by the COVID bug. I got bitten by the cryptocurrency bug back in, I would say, <laughs> I put it at August, October 15th, 2017. Yeah. Okay. And so I went through the early investments. I went through that that, that short bull run, you know, the FOMO. Right. I, I, I went through all the, um, the the pain of holding a bike too long <laughs> and not being educated and trained, which I'm hoping a lot better at now. Uh, you know, so I know actually, I'm talking to you on a laptop. You actually made from profits from from, from um, trading and investing. So it's nice. You know, something that to show. And um, essentially, so we went through the 
the, the bear market, the awful bear market of 2018. And then we learned and we learned and we educated and, 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 and you know, I would have formed a, a group, CBT, Cartel Blockchain Team back in 2017. Right. And we started a lot of workshops. We did workshops for students, adults. We did a lot of people started increasingly started to ask us to come and do a lot of online programs. We did lectures with the University of West Indies workshops. We did a workshop with the you know, Economist Association of, of, of at UE. Um, right. We we worked with youth organizations. We've worked with um, even central bankers. Uh, we've done training, um, blockchain training for a, a very important government agency here in Barbados. Um, we have been off to Africa and we've done some work over there. And increasingly, um, as we have been a lot of networking in the space, a lot of people know coming to me, you know, I've, we've done a, um, spoken at the last year's um, Blockchain uh, Academy conference that Rhonda Eldridge out of uh, Connecticut, uh, she's, she's a uh, Bahamian. She right. organized a fantastic event for uh, young people. And the event that we're working on as well, I would have done some tutoring uh, last month with uh, an academy out of online academy out of Germany, they're focused on young female adult students, you know, so right. bringing along the females and, and getting them out. So it, a lot has been happening. We're still doing our trading and investing and having fun and um, getting more people involved. Um, so it's like, you know, education, education, education is really is where we are at. And of course, we, we're seeing all the multiplicity of growth in the opportunities, you know, so we've got to educate right. them about the opportunities. But we also trying to find a funding note to give them technical skills that they need that they're not getting in our, our university system because you know we've um <clears throat> we've we've been driven by the bob marley and the you know um emancipate yourself for mental slavery and so after lewis's uh you know rendition of the um what you know that that uh the the the, the way to get um out of poverty is not through money but it's through education you know so yeah. these are the type of things i think are related very 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 much to blockchain and cryptocurrencies and I, I like people to think about it as not about technology you know not about hardware software the, the hardware tools and the you know the phones and the laptops and that sort of stuff but think about it as a brand new financial ecosystem right first time provides us with an opportunity regardless of whether you're five or eight years old or 80 years old Right, I, I say blockchain is for young minds, and if you're five or eight, you're a young mind. If you're eighty, you're a young mind. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it crosses all all genders, all age groups, and everything else. Right. Yeah? Mm. So, as someone who clearly is well traveled across the world as an educator, right? How have you found the desire for education and information around this new fi financial ecosystem in the Caribbean, how do you find it compares to Africa, to Europe, to the US, where you've um, also had some experience? Right. So that's a good question. And I, I do what I would like to get back to a little bit of history, if, if that's okay. I think, again, as you discussed in your program with Joan Webley the other day, um, you, you touched on something that I, I think resonates a lot with currency and blockchain. And this is that we we came, we began a journey as, um, you know, financially uh, as slaves, you know, uh, uh, we, were, we, were, we were in human bondage, physical bondage, and to some degree, of course, 
financial bondage. Yeah. So we've come, we've come through the republics and we've come through the independence and all that, and we've seen things happen. The truth of the matter is that we are still in financial bondage, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's why I'm saying that, you know, yes, blockchain criticism is, is about technology, but think about it as financial empowerment. Right. Um, for the first time, we have a financial ecosystem, a totally new financial ecosystem that provides, for the first time, opportunities for young and old to come across the pond of centralization right. that is slow, very costly. Um, you know, it, it does, has no respect whatsoever for people's private privacy and their privacy rights. So it, it's That's very insecure. Right. It's very insecure. It's very insecure. And it does very little, honestly, to address the issue of generational wealth. All right? right. And we have some key issues here right now because um, you you might be aware that in the US, and it's going to take a little, little, little um, curse in terms of what's happening in the US as it relates to us because we import a lot of our goods and what's not. So yeah. we import inflation yeah. as well. We yeah. import inflation from the US. So Lo and behold, Americans woke up one day and heard that inflation all of a sudden was 7.1%. How come? I mean, how come? I mean, we've never had, they've never had inflation so high since 1990s and that sort of thing. And then there are others who say, well, actually, it's not 7.1%. It's more like 13%. All right. So we all have something in common around this globe, uh, Al. Inflation is going up in Barbados, it's going up in Trinidad, it's going up in Jamaica. The value of the dollars have been coming down, right? right. They've lost value. Right. So in Jamaica, you might be still not too young, but you know, you have to remember that when the Jamaican dollar was worth more than the US dollar, mm -hmm. right? Um, remember when the pound was like 340 and $4 and up in there, yeah? Correct. So essentially, what we find is that all these fiat currencies, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you peg one on one to the, the Barbados, to the US dollar or not, they are all losing value. So we have money all losing value. And we have inflation going up, okay? We have people putting their disposable income on banks. Right. And they're charged for those for those deposits. Yeah. They're getting they're getting negative interest, okay? Yeah. And at the same time, inflation is going up. So what's happening to your hard-earned worth at, in your bank? It's it's losing value, it's mm -hmm. it's not getting anything, it's being charged, and that's your hard-earned work. And so the question yeah. then is. What can what is what what can blockchain and cryptocurrency do for you? And I'm simply arguing, uh, Al, that we now have a brand new financial ecosystem yeah. that we, that can can help us move and do, achieve what I, what I tell people all the time in my my investment discussion. We want to beat inflation. Yeah, we need to be earning on our disposable income <clears throat> at least Al, at least when you come, you got to look for at least a ten percent. Right. Let's I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna cut you, but I wanna kinda stop and kinda dissect yeah. the whole idea of inflation because a lot of people hear about inflation and then they are a bit dismissive of it because they don't understand what caused it in the first place, um, how it's actually eroding not just their 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 savings but their income producing uh capacity. So you spoke about the U.S., right, and the fiat system there that is driving inflation. One of the things that you know I like to remind people or, or, or inform people of, because a lot of people aren't aware, the U.S. economy is allowed through their central bank, through the Federal Reserve Bank, 
to introduce currency into the system called as as monetary policy right so quantitative stimulus and what people don't realize is that over the last two years during this pandemic the u.s has introduced 40 percent of the circulating supply of u.s dollars has been printed in the last two years right now that's an alarming figure and that is what is driving this inflation because at the end of the day all markets operate on a de demand and supply mechanism so if there is more supply of any good in this case fiat dollars then demand is going to be outstripped so because now you have 40 percent more of something into into the market so your hundred dollars that was in the bank has basically been eroded by several percentage points right so so that's inflation right you you mentioned that bitcoin cryptocurrency pre presents a new economic system or programmed monetary policy that is not dependent on a centralized institution or government so tell us a little bit more about what you see about that well um i think bitcoin is a perfect example of that <clears throat> yes we do have centralized exchanges and yes we do have centralized um cryptocurrencies and you know some are still moving from the proof of work the proof of stake like ethereum <clears throat> but the beautiful one of the beautiful things about bitcoin um is that it has a limited supply of 21 million so right. just as you mentioned just now, issue of simple economics supply and demand all right if you've got a limited supply of 21 million bitcoin and a huge demand coming for it what's going to happen eventually price will go up you don't worry about these blips and and, and things in, in between but we look at what the smart people are doing what, what's the smart money doing all right yeah. bill miller is a multi millionaire he's a billionaire all right yeah. i think oh, 50 or more billion dollars and he's telling people that bitcoin is like insurance you know mm -hmm. and he advises people about put maybe about put at least about one percent of, of of your net worth in bitcoin right. what's he doing how much percent you think he's putting it out 50 50 percent 50 percent all right we have we have people like michael sailor who who says you know maybe 90% of his net worth, his personal net worth is, is in Bitcoin. And right. then he's gone so far as to, you know, use his company um, to leverage and, and generate and, and, and use debt to, to oh. build leverage to be able to buy more, more Bitcoin. Um, MicroStrategy is now one of the largest holders of um, Bitcoin in the world. But there wasn't always that case where the smart money or institutional mm. investors were taking part in this space. So for you, what do you think changed that their, their perception around um, Bitcoin? And did it have to do with education? Well, it, it's not. <clears throat> Look, um, these guys like Michael Saylor, who up to September, his MicroStrategy had about 1.7 million dollars worth of bitcoin and they've grown added more since then all right yeah. these guys have enormous resources in terms of research right and, and they look at figures and one of the things that they've recognized in fact in the us is that um if i can be unkind to the word cash cash is becoming a word 
<laughs> also known as trash, right? Anyways, <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with it? You know, and and all the guys who have all their money invested in cash, they, you know, guys, smart guys tell them, hey, what are you gonna do with all this forty million dollars in, 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 in cash? What are you gonna do? It's losing value, seventy one, seven point one percent, maybe thirty percent or whatever. So we have the Fidelity is a huge company with, with three, four trillion dollars worth of investment funds, and, and they're setting up the business in cryptocurrencies, and they're increasing their staff and that sort of thing. And you have a lot of BlackRock and a lot of a lot of these companies that are looking to find new um, financial instruments, you yeah. know, um, for their investment clients who who don't they don't want to keep their money in 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 fiat because it's, it's, cash is going to trash, right? And even JP Morgan. JP Morgan and Jimmy Dan, who always say, well, listen, we don't believe that this Bitcoin thing, what are they doing? Man, they're one of the biggest players right now. Right. <laughs> Although we don't have any ETFs as yet, um, that is uh, well, ETFs well, in the US. Look, look at Canada. Look at Canada. Yeah. They've got about four spot ETFs already. So the money, smart money, is going into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as well. Yeah? Yeah, so, and I think I think you made a... a, a, a an important point about these guys and their access to, to research. And clearly these guys, I mean, you and I and people like us in, in, in spaces like Omega, we are exposed to a lot more content, a lot more information than the average person. Correct. But even we in those groups don't have access to the kind of resources of, in, of, of research that these guys have. And finally, when these guys started, you know, to take a, a closer look at this um, decentralized monetary policy, this store of value, this means of, you know, holding energy value over, like Michael Saylor says, over a thousand years yes. with a finite limit on, of supply, 21 million now yesterday today tomorrow and forever these guys realize that that contrasted with 7.1 percent being in terms of inflation being eroded on your cash it was it was almost a no-brainer and for us we say 7.1 percent may not seem like a lot yeah. for us you might have a hundred dollars in the bank but when you start looking at that on one billion dollars 7.1 percent erosion is a significant amount of money so let yeah me leave this, let me leave this figure with you uh, we've seen research that shows that if you put a, a, a hundred euros you know on, on a bank for a year you're gonna uh, any day you, you got 97 euros okay but it's worse than that right we've seen research that shows that if you had invested um ten thousand dollars in in bitcoin um 10 years ago right Today, well, let, let me put it the other way. If you invested $10,000 on a bank and had it that say, no, you know, 10 years ago, it would be worth about less than $5,000 today, all right? Yeah. But if you had invested it in Bitcoin, you'd be looking at over $104,000, all right? So so these guys are smart, uh, but we, we also have access to a lot of information. We have access to programs like yours. Yeah. And others that you, we just have to work really hard, but there's a lot of good information out there. People are doing a lot of the, the on-chain analysis and the, and the tokenomics and all that stuff that Joan talked about some time ago, you know. And we just need to find them, find yeah. them, and find, and find the good ones, and find the good ones, and we can have access to some of that information that we can't afford to, to pay for. 
and I think I think that's why it's important for people like yourself to be to be operating in this space because I tell people you know I have a community I have the Crypto and Cognac podcast uh, Telegram group and we have a lot of new people in there we have people who've been in there for a few months we have some more experienced people there and you know people always looking for information and I always say to them if you have time there is information out there for free and if you have the time seek out that information the only time you should consider um paying for something is if you don't have the time resources available to you to curate that information because the thing about the internet is it's a lot of information coming from right. all different directions you're not sure what is you know what is real what is right what is true how do you trust it and sometimes it's necessary to have people like yourself in this space who can vet that information curate that information for persons and i know you have i mean outside of the the different um things that you've spoken about i know you have a radio program a radio segment oh, that yeah. you do um regularly as well yeah. and you're you're doing your part in in barbados and in the yeah. caribbean to, to get the news out there so yeah. tell me a little bit more about some of the other things that you're doing right right so of course i i have my friends in the media because you know i mean i've been a journalist and some of my daughter actually at Barbara's community college um and you know I, I you know i know what 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 the news media wants how to, how to write their stories and all that so that that's why we have populations and marketing companies right. that do some of that stuff for companies as well and other service industries so we have to do a lot of writing and get stuff published in the media and if it's really great stuff you know so we, we do uh research and we go to conference and we present that research but you also write articles regularly, especially, for example, in the, the letters um, section of the the business press, for example. I've been frequently getting a lot of my letters written there, you know, urging the corporation and companies and governments about things and opportunities and what people are doing. But I've also got, thanks to Stockholm Network, uh, we've got three, a suite of three of their stations uh, a month ago. Uh, we, we started a, a, a three-minute three um, program on Friday, every Friday. And they get kind of really interesting information I provide to them. I, I just put it together. I sent it to them. They use it. They say, oh, this is great. It's fine. And one of the things I'm trying to do is to highlight individuals who are doing things or who are looking, who have a lot of talent. For example, uh, Zachary, the 15-year-old uh, secondary school student, a boy. He's in the gaming, right? But we're now working with Zachary and his parents to see if we get him into game fight. So that he's not only preparing to get him to compete with these guys in gaming in the traditional form and sense of make money and get in competition, that sort of thing. But we want to get get him onto the metaverse and onto the game fight and onto yeah. the, 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 the earning and playing to earn and, and all that sort of stuff. We can slowly start making some money. Yes. And then there's, then there's Simone. She's a fantastic artist, 20 years old. She started painting at five and six years old. And if you look at her work, I mean, it's fantastic. We have some brilliant poets in Barbados and across the Caribbean. And on us to educate them, give them the skills and the training and get them up and running to make money, either in terms of NFTs, game five, trading and investing, which so much I do you know, um, or, you know, just simply learning how, all of this stuff. And then eventually I, I'm, I'm saying to Zachary's parents, listen, if he invested in this for say a year and a half or so, two years, you know, in two years time, he could be holding classes and saying, okay, Illuminati, um, good morning, good afternoon. Please open your uh, laptop. 
I'm going to give you a lecture on how to create an NFT and how to successfully play this game and win and how to stake money on, on this decentralized platform and how also to be able to invest in this game over here and how to create generational wealth. And I'm saying that Zachary might be 15 now, but before he gets 18, he yeah. could be educating us. So he could be not only making money in this space, but then he could be educating us and making more money. <laughs> through different streams and and that's really what blockchain and cryptocurrencies are all about yeah yeah and i think i think that's a good point because i think a lot of people especially in our region and i think because of how a lot of people hear about this space they generally hear about it from the investor side right and a lot of people think that the only way that you can derive value from this new ecosystem this new financial ecosystem is to put your money in and invest it and wait for the returns but as you alluded to there are tons of opportunities for earning in this space that allow you to be paid you know i mean i i, I don't i don't talk too much about my, my my crypto portfolio and what i do but like i tell a lot of people i'm full-time into crypto but but my full-time activities in crypto do not um revolve around investing only i mean yes i have my personal portfolio but there are tons of opportunities for people to export their talent and people in the region to export their talent to projects all around the world i've worked with projects in india i've worked with projects in singapore i've worked with projects in europe i've worked with projects right here in the caribbean so there's no longer this this need for our talent to leave our shores to be able to take advantage of this knowledge and this talent that they have. And I think that's why it's important for people like you, who's there, you know, showing people the way, you know, showing people that, you know, education is just as valuable as having, you know, $10,000 to invest. Yeah. So when we talk about education, who it is that you want to educate? Yes. You want to educate the young generation for sure. Um, yeah. They're not, not going to get it at university. I, I, when I do my, my I, I did a, I'm on the third part of a four-part series now with the Barbies ICT Professional Association. I mean, and sometimes we try, we want to start for say an hour and a half, and you know, at nine o'clock, these folk are still talking and asking me questions, all this sort of stuff. So there is some people are beginning to realize that there's a value in this, and I keep telling yeah. people, you know, you're not going to find this stuff from a lecture. You're not going to find it in a book at University of the West Indies. Um, we have to really educate people about this. But this education is, yes, it's about young people and it's about us as well, adults, mature people. But it's also about governments, right? Mm. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's also about the existing companies that we have, the companies that are familiar, the insurance companies, um, the, the real estate companies, you know, those big trading companies that have lots of money. And, and they need to see that there are additional opportunities for them and to perhaps learn from companies, not just like the, the MicroStrategies and the, and the Bill Millers and, and Paul Tudor Joneses and, and all Stan Drucker Millers and all these, and Fidelity, all these sort of guys, but also have a look at what's happening in, say, El Salvador, right? Now, I know a lot of people have been criticizing El Salvador and there are a lot of naysayers out there. And, you know, in, in this space, I, I tell you, that there, there are a lot of people, you know, all, all the... Um, <laughs> The, the cybercrime yeah. folk are telling you, man, this thing is nothing, and this thing next. And they don't understand it. They don't understand the opportunities. They don't understand, for example, even professors. I, I remember read a, an article by well-established professor applied economics at 
John Hopkins and uh, Universal and all that sort of you say, oh, no, NFTs are going to come to not, but he doesn't understand the ecosystem that is growing. NFTs yeah, are I'm... not just NFTs, they're NFTs and game fight. You know, there are all these linkages that are growing with these things. But I'm saying that the governments need to understand that they have opportunities to address their budgetary issues as well, right? You know, yeah. this is not just a financial thing. And the companies themselves, they know, can grow into new areas of business and don't let all the big companies out there in, in, in Asia and the United States go and seize all the opportunities in Africa, yeah, you know? You know, you made a, you made an amazing point there, and you know, it just reminded me of something. In terms of, we think that people who have certain titles and who are in certain positions will have the knowledge necessary to make appropriate decisions, whether it be policy decisions or just you know decisions within their own corporate structures to push this thing ahead and understand the value of what is taking place in this blockchain and crypto environment. I had the opportunity to be part of um, a process that was undertaken by the Jamaican government, the Jamaican Ministry of um, National Security, as it relates to cybersecurity and stuff like that, especially as they started looking into the development of their CBDC. And in this session, you know, I realized that most of these guys don't have a clue great idea i don't want to put it so so harshly but you know, they don't have a great idea about the value proposition yeah or, or just the basic operational structures around cryptocurrency you know people one thing that we hear people saying all the time uh bitcoin is being used by criminals to to, to launder money and i constantly say it takes a stupid criminal to use bitcoin as compared as compared to cash to to launder money because Absolutely. every single Absolutely. transaction Absolutely. is recorded on this ledger that cannot be changed that everybody has access to yeah the, the 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 police or whoever the um authorities are could track yeah. every single transaction from this wallet and catch the person who would have been paid with btc so as compared to cash you know, you don't know who had the five dollars in your pocket two minutes ago, much less two years ago. Right. You know, so yeah. I think just when you hear those basic misstatements, you understand that these guys, like you said, don't have a clue. So how do we get them to, to, to have a clue? How do how do we get them to, to seek the information? How do we get them to listen to the experts like yourself? How do we start that conversation or drive that conversation forward? Well, listen, I, I'm not going to have a conversation with Christine Lagarde, right? I'm not going to go knocking on Janet Yellen's door <laughs> and say, hi, Janet, you read on and start this thing, you know. <laughs> um, no, there, there are some individuals, of course, in the industry, even in the Senate and what, trying to educate some of these folks, okay? Um, but, you know, again, it's what you're doing, what I'm doing, okay? When people talk about scams, yes, they're scams. But you yeah. know what? Scams didn't begin yesterday because somebody called Satoshi Nakamoto woke up and said, listen, this financial system that we got here is, 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 is taking it apart. Let's create a new system that yeah. really could provide value to people. It didn't, it didn't start yesterday. It yeah. didn't start because the internet is working. So what are you going to You want to turn off the internet? Huh? You can turn off the internet and then, then all, all these cybercrime problems are going to go away. Okay? Three reports, Al. Three reports I've seen. 
right, tell you that the the, 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 the total amount of crime associated with cryptocurrencies compared with global crime and 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 uh, all the ransomware at starting amounts to one and more between one and three percent. So it's, it's really small. And we've had studies, we've had reports I've had here in Barbados from the Financial Intelligence Unit and the police, and they've said that they haven't come across any issues yeah. of criminality related to cryptocurrencies. And as you quite correctly said, a lot of those guys in those nice orange suits that are, are paid time in New York elsewhere, how did they get there? Because they thought they were so smart that they said, ah, this Bitcoin crypto thing got me good, this big in the US dollar, and uh, no, 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 no. Um, you see, increasingly, exchanges the very best exchange they're cooperating a lot like binance with the yeah. police authorities to get these people locked up yeah i mean at the end of the day most of the people who are in this space for the long haul we don't want nefarious um elements participating we don't want people giving cryptocurrency and blockchain a bad name so so you know we are as supportive of getting these guys out as possible i mean you 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 happen to reside in one of the nations in the caribbean that might be the most forward thinking as it relates to the blockchain cryptocurrency space barbados having been the first country to launch an embassy in the metaverse right so we've heard about that we've seen the headlines that kind of thing right do you see that translating to more to more policy and stuff on the ground as it relates to government um, institutions, as it relates to corporate structures? Are you seeing other people getting involved um, because of that step taken by yeah. the government? Right. Now, that step taken by Barbara's government is, I would say, is a, a huge leap, leap forward. It's probably not as big as El Salvador deeming Bitcoin to be um, legal tender, you know? Right. But here's, here's how it goes, okay? The government has told the banks in Barbados, listen, you guys are not doing what we're looking for, you know what I mean? Uh, Prime Minister said, you know... Remember who the customer if, is. If if, 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 I, if I want somebody to come and keep an eye on my money, I would hire a security guard. I would not hire a bank. <laughs> you know, there's security guards to look after your money. We want banks to get involved in financial intermediation and support productivity, etc., etc. Right. But what government of Barbados has done is, first of all, they've taken a global lead. So other institutions now, even government agencies around the Caribbean or wherever, they're going to look and say, hmm, even in Barbados, government yeah. of Barbados has taken a big leap forward. What is this all about? And it will create some form of interest. And yeah. therefore, it will help those of us who want to expand and change and create do, do what really is about Education reform, you know, <laughs> education reform. Uh, but has taken a lead, but we want to now see other major corporations, companies like Sajikor and some other companies taking that lead too, sharing that experience, putting the vision, providing the leadership, you know, so that more and more people can say, hmm, there's got to be something good about what the government is doing, what Barbados is doing, you know, uh, but there's a lot more to go, you know, there's a lot more to go, but it's a step in the right direction. Uh, yeah i mean you you mentioned you mentioned um el salvador and 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 what they've done and how they've um decided to to proceed 
with Bitcoin as legal tender, meaning that it is now legally accepted anywhere in El Salvador. And despite what the critics keep saying, you know, um, I'm a huge I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Jay-Z has a song where he says, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And the <laughs> matter is that the numbers show that El Salvador is experiencing the highest GDP growth in, in forever. Um, they've moved their, their unbanked population, which was 70%, to almost 70% the other direction, right? So they have a huge portion of their population now being able to participate in economic activity and online uh, e-commerce as a result of having this um, Chivo wallet and, and using Bitcoin. They've also seen tremendous... Remittances. Well, I mean, remittances goes without saying because a huge part of their GDP comes from remittances, you know, people right. sending money home to their family. And previously, the Western unions, the moneygrams of the world would have taken sig huge portions of that money. So you're trying to send a hundred dollars home. A small 10%. You know, you're 10 trying to of your 200 US dollars, Al. I mean, it's, in some cases, as high as 30%, because okay. there's a minimum fee. So let's say you're sending $100, the fee might be $30, right? right? And now with the Chivo wallet um, using light, the Lightning Network over Bitcoin, you know, you could send that for, for fractions of a cent. You send the same $100, which yeah. means more money gets home. So instead of $70, yeah. Now you get 99.99 cents, right? right? You don't have to go and stamp your hot sun in a lane uh, and get COVID, right? <laughs> correct. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen communities that have been traditionally, you know, cut off from, from major activity now having access because you no longer need huge, you know, point of sale setups. A, a shopkeeper, all they need is a, a crypto wallet and they can access payment from whether it be from locals, it be from tourists. So they've seen a huge jump in their tourism um, product because now people in the crypto space have chosen to support this um, com this country that has taken this huge step. So who, who, who do you think is going to come next? And, and, and I mean, we've, we've talked about El Salvador, we've talked about Barbados a bit in the Caribbean. Um, we all know that Bahamas was one of the first to introduce a CBDC in the world, coming right here in the Caribbean, um, the sand dollar. Who do you think is going to be the next major? I mean, we've talked about the spot ETFs in Canada, or not just who is going to be next, but who do you think is the next most important player to participate well, uh, you asked me to, to go into a, a little bit of a, a time capsule and try to figure out that. Uh, before the Russian incidents, uh, the war in Ukraine, um, Ukraine was, they were pummeling towards um, the, the same, same things, very similar to El Salvador. In fact, Ukrainians, some Ukrainians were actually talking to El Salvador about how they're experiencing what they're doing and they were looking through the same thing, that sort of thing, right? So at least that's an opportunity of where somebody wants to go, all right? Um, in I mean, in, in Nigeria, you know, with, with the, the, the BIT, um, yeah. CBDC, first African country to get into 
um, CBDC. Now, CBDC, of course, isn't the same thing as blockchain. We could, that's another discussion for another time. But we, we are seeing increasingly that developing countries are looking for a financial way out of this financial economic mess that they're seeing uh, the North American countries getting deeper into deeper into this quagmire. And right. they already know that because of COVID that they, they have their financial issues and, and their, their debts and all that sort of stuff. So I think that some of the, the political leaders are beginning to ask a few questions, yeah. maybe talk to some of the right people, you know, like yourselves and others, but opportunities. But I, 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 I insist, I insist, that what Barbies is doing in terms of getting into the metaverse is just, you know, it's, some, it's, it's in the right direction. I mean, there's yeah. so much more we can do. We need to design policies that attract those foreign companies to our country. So, for example, yeah. in Barbados, we have, um, you know, there's certain taxes that, that don't exist elsewhere, like, um, like, like uh, you know, certain taxes that could be an incentive to um, the companies to come there here yeah, because those those taxes might be available. So we've got to develop the policies. We've got to make ourselves uh, friendly. We want these guys to be able to, to, to look at this legislations and things and say, hey, this is like something we can do business, not just the sun and sea, you know, but yeah. we could actually do real good business because we've got the telecoms and that sort of thing. Bring the jobs here, bring some money here and help develop our economies, you know, but yeah. we got to get know, the government, we got to get the governments thinking along those lines. So, so Crypto Caribbean, which is um, the parent company for this podcast, one of our one of our taglines is actually for the Caribbean and for Crypto Caribbean is Sunsea Satoshi's, you know, <laughs> you know, because we believe that the Caribbean has more to offer than just uh, sun, sun and sea, sea. Sun, sun sea, sea and sand, you know. Us, yes. <laughs> so Sunsea Satoshi's is one of our uh, taglines that we've been, you know, kind of pushing. Brilliant. Brilliant. But, but on the uh, so we've talked about the 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 governmental and the corporate side but one of the things we've not you know really touched on even though you alluded to it earlier on is the idea of um the sovereign individual you know being able to have true ownership of your wealth of your assets um and we we've seen recently that in Canada, there was a group that had a difference of opinion to the government as it relates to uh, COVID vaccine mandates. They had a stand. Um, they were supported by several people. And the Canadian government would have implemented or, or, or um, called in special legislation, the Emergencies Act, which gave banks the authority to freeze the finances of any individual or company that would have supported the protesters or participated in the protests. So what does that mean? It means that you might have a million dollars in the bank and because you sympathize with these truckers and sent them $50, your entire million dollars was at risk of being frozen by the bank without any kind of due process, without any uh, court process. And, you know, there's a saying in the crypto space, Bitcoin fixes that. So, so I mean, what is your perspective about, you know, that side of things? 
Yeah, I mean, that that's a very good uh, analysis you brought forward about really who controls our money. We think that we control our money, you know. We think that because when we put money in a bank and we have access to the ATM, that says that we could go anytime we need or day and just push on a little card and get it. That's not true. <laughs> our money is controlled by central banks and the banks, you yeah. know. Um, and... You know, so, we, 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 and, and if you, there are instances around the world we've seen where there have been runs on banks. Yeah, we've seen where banks have just said, "Well, you know, we're closing up shop. You know, you don't have access to your funds anymore." All right, and and this is a very very serious point that people need to understand. There's a group called um, Bankless. Right? I don't know if you watch any of their program, Bankless, and basically what they advocate is that people go bankless. What does that mean? I'm not advocating it, but you know, it kind of makes some sense if you can keep funds on a bank that you need to pay your day day bills and that sort of thing. Because yeah. you know, if you put your money on a bank, you're not going to get three, four, five, six, seven, or eight percent return on, on, on that money. There, you're going to get taxes, you're going to get charges, and you, you lose value, right? But then what about if you could educate yourself? I keep telling people, I've been saying that we need to start looking at educating young people from about, I say 8 to 80, all right? Seven or 8 years old. Um, Gabriel Abbott believes it should be about 5 years old, all right? Start educating young people early. That's why I keep talking about my 15-year-old friend, Zach, and my 20-year-old friend, um, Simone, right? At the primary school level, we need to start teaching them about what money is, yeah. what Cryptocurrencies are all about decentralized centralization, right? And about how, for example, the simple economics of Bitcoin, of, of how you, you've got limited supply, yeah, large demand, price got to go up. I mean, which asset class Al was the leading class of 2021? It wasn't oil, it wasn't gold, yeah. it wasn't yeah. bonds. It was not even 2021. I mean, since its inception, um, Bitcoin has outperformed every single other asset class in the world. First 10 years was up 145%, sir. That, that sounds like a good investment to you. Yeah, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we have this job of educating young people at a very early age about money, what it is, um, about the new financial ecosystem getting them involved in getting onto decentralized platforms, learning about NFTs, about staking, you know, how you could put funds there. I mean, I got a little game that I play right now. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not here advertising anything. <laughs> all, all I got to do, Al, right? Al, when I finish talking to you, I got to do the click, right? Click. And what does yeah. it say? Money, <laughs> right? Yeah. And a little later on, though, it better recharge itself. This is a this game for, you know, decentralized, yeah. right? Now, at the same time, the satoshis that I'm stacking on staking are pouring this game fight and rage that I am playing with and making money. So I'm making money staking yeah. with this cryptocurrency. I'm also making money playing a game. And I got another game that I play. So if people think that, this is for young people. And that, so I think these, these things, when you go there, you, you prospect it and they say you mine or on gold, you know, and you are. Um, earning more and more and then you're gonna earn some of these cryptocurrencies and you can go and sell them now you know and i think that's the real value proposition because a lot of these kids are already used to 
in-game economics, right? They understand about, you know, fixing up their cars, they, they buying these parts, they're making their cars nicer, and then they're going to sell it. But previously, that value that they're appreciating through their gameplay could only be used within the confines of that game. Now, true um, DeFi, true Gamify, we are seeing that that value that you create in a game can now be moved out of game A and can be used not just in game B, but can be used in the real world where some of these kids might be able to pay for college themselves through, through, through gaming. I mean, you, you talked about the fact that the computer that you're um, having this discussion on was purchased with crypto profits. My computer as well was purchased with uh, crypto profits. Um, this is very, this is this is very real. It's no longer, you know, crypto and Bitcoin has existed now for long enough where we no longer have to speculate about its value proposition. We have enough of a of a of a experience and enough people like yourself and myself who have experienced it and experienced the benefits to be able to say like you know what we have real stories you know i've taken trips from you know entirely on crypto profits you know i bought this laptop entirely on crypto profits right. you know i am earning money uh passively while playing a game and and who would have thought that me in my in my late thirties and you in your early twenties would be... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's 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 about education, right? It's yeah. all about education. It's all, it all comes back to those basic things. Yeah. Debt, student education. How do you plan for student debt? How do you mm. plan for the education costs that your five year old or ten year old is going to be doing in say university if you choose to? Send them overseas. I mean, University of West Indies, fine, but you might need to go overseas as well. How do you plan for insurance? How do you plan for pensions, right? I mean, if you look at the existing centralized system that we have, and I saw an article a month ago or so, where are the investment opportunities? They are not in the traditional mutual funds. Where, yeah. where are I mean, they? You know, the, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Kind of soft. Where are they? They are there to be seen, but we have to go and dig and dig a shovel and mine and find and, the nuggets and go to your people Hallam. so that they can get nuggets as well. Yeah. And and go to some Hallam um hope courses and, <laughs> and and learn how to execute on this education. But like like we keep saying, the education, the information is out there, right? If you have the time, if you have the resources of time, then you can go and seek that information out. If you are someone who learns in a more structured way, then you may need something more structured. If you don't have the time, you may need something that is more you know, curated for you so that you just go and consume it. But as I tell people, if you do not have yet the resources available to invest financially <clears throat> invest educationally perfect exactly exactly <laughs> exactly Keep the information learn i mean one of the one of the things that i think is my biggest regret 
from the point where I heard about Bitcoin the first time and the point where I actually invested is that when I couldn't afford to buy a Bitcoin, when I thought I had to buy a whole Bitcoin, you know, back when it was, you know, $3,000 and I thought that was too much money, <laughs> right? Back when I couldn't afford that, I didn't take the time to educate myself about this space, about um, the asset class, about this economic um, policy, about this monetary system. And I would have learned then that if I had an extra $5, I could invest that. If I had an extra $10, I could invest that. Or I would have been better positioned. I may have started consulting on, on cryptocurrency um, four years ago as compared to, you know, two years ago or as compared to, you know, when I started. So I, I keep reminding people and that's why I wanted to have you on because, you know, you've been someone who's been doing a lot in terms of educating people. You know, it's nice to have the, 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 the TA guys on and the investors on and the people who can talk about NFTs and the metaverse and, and that kind of thing. But I think it's important to understand that the perspective, the perspective of education might be more valuable than all those things. Because to invest, you need education. To trade, you need education. Right. To work and earn, you need education. To understand the process of minting and of creating minting and putting for sale your NFTs, you need education. You and and, and, and I'll, there, there are a lot of genuinely good people out there who are willing to give you some of their time free. I mean, yeah. I'm doing a, a, a work travel four sessions with Barry's Professional Association. I'm not getting a set from it, right? Now, I can't afford to do that all the time. But the point is that there's some really good people out there. And you can, you know, I know that you didn't get a chance to talk to Joe and Webley about DAOs, okay? But let me just touch on that before we go, okay? A DAO decentralized autonomous organization or decentralized autonomous company or whatever you call it, right? It's basically a bringing together of like minded, honest, knowledgeable people who are willing to collaborate and work together to achieve the goals set by that DAO. Right. If that DAO is about education, if it's about trading and investing, it's about NFTs, if it's about game fight, whatever it is about, you know, bring together those individuals in this, you know, autonomous organization group. And what you find is that, for example, if you look at uh, Shapeshift, for example, right? Um, Shapeshift trade every day. They, they were all decentralized. We had all the regulation. They were so expensive, all cumbersome, all problems, all uncertainties. <laughs> and they went off to, to um, Costa Rica, right? And then they continued with their, you know, centralizing and on building all, 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 all the, um, you know, the, the evaluations and all that sort of thing and submission. Then they say, listen, let's stop this stuff. It ain't working out. Let us form a DAO, yep. continue our services have resources all over the globe. So your service person might be in Alaska, you know, your developer might be in Timbuktu, yeah. somewhere else. These guys are working together and they're not encumbered now with all of these unnecessary regulations that are holding back innovation, right? Yeah. So this is another opportunity that we have as individuals, as communities to come together and work together for the betterment of everybody else. Right? Hundred percent. I mean, and 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 it's a powerful tool. It's it's a, a huge tool, and and what it allows is for something that we've been seeking for a while in terms of 
uh, a true democratic uh, environment because each participant in the DAO has a vote towards the goals or, or what might be the goals of that particular DAO. So, and, and each person's vote is counted and visibly counted, right? And we can all check it against, you know, this transparent um, blockchain that everybody has access to. And you know that your that your vote actually counted, you know, because in the last U.S. election we saw, you know, a lot of questions about you know whose votes were counted and voter yeah. tampering and this that yeah. that. Those are things that you wouldn't have to. Even in Barbuda, we had a last election. The uh, two daughters of a former prime minister, they turned up at the polling station. They couldn't find their names, so they got this, they, they were disenfranchised. No blockchain, so blockchain. Let's try blockchain. Let's see if that can work. Are yeah. the governments willing to ease up a little controls, you know, and leave it to the technology to work for them? Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, Halam, we are 57 minutes in. We get into <laughs> the end. I mean, yeah. it, it does pass really quickly. Yeah. I want to thank you again for coming, for sharing with my community, um, for sharing some of your you know valuable insight and information i'm going to give you an opportunity now you know to just you know any last words you know thank anybody share anything that you want to share yeah what, uh, what yes. is it what, what is hallam's hope for block my, my hope <laughs> my hope is I, I i find some money and uh <laughs> no, no 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 but we we, we we not just want to get rich yes we want to get rich but we also want to put some money into technical and skills training for young people so mm. it can, we can you know it's not going to work with one person here and one person there but we need critical mass we, we yeah. need to be able to have a class of 20 people or 25 or, or, or what number we, we need more of the technical skills at a very early age to get yeah. these young people on board so, so that is what my 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 aim for and that's why i will look and i make christmas present <laughs> if you know anybody like that um, and we need to educate people about how they can uh, trade and invest safely. Yeah, trade and invest safely. You know, it's not gamble, gamble. It doesn't all have about gambling. You can do, um, you know, you 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 could you could do your your swing trading or whatever else. And you know, you you, you can get through pretty well. Yeah, education, uh, education, and education, education. Halam, thank you very much for being with us this evening. I mean. I feel like we need to have this conversation back when you've raised your funds, when you've started your technical training courses, um, when your classes are too full, <laughs> we're going to have you back on to discuss how that is going. So thank you again for being on with us, the Crypto and Cognac podcast tonight. Thanks again, Al, and keep doing, doing the fantastic work you're doing. Thank God you bless. very much. Sir. Guys, that was Mr. Hallam Hope a true educator guys as i say always every single week adoption is inevitable and with guys like hallam i know it is bound to happen thank you very much for being with me as always continue to be blessed don't forget to like subscribe share the link because apparently that does something with the algorithm to get us seen to keep sharing this information bless